My never-ending quest to get the paper. What up, everybody? 10 a.m. in the District of Columbia. Points north, south, east, and west. You're listening to B. Mitch and Finley. Brian Mitchell, NFL legend, future Hall of Famer someday, is in transit today. I We don't know where he is. Texas? Landville? He may be in Texas. Uh, B should call in a little later. Um, but you're stuck with me today. Apparently, we're giving away Brian Adams tickets. That's kind of cool. I like Brian Adams. What was that? Banger he had when I was in like sixth, seventh grade from the Robin Hood soundtrack. Somebody's got to know what I'm talking about. Um, we've got a really fun show coming your way today. Ben Standig's going to join us at noon. Rick Snyder's going to join us at one o'clock. I, I've been wanting to talk to Snyder about this. He wrote a story last week for the uh, the fan website about. Now I'm going to say Rick and Dan here because they're both last names Snyder, even though they're spelled differently. It's hard to convey spelling via an audio medium like the radio. So Rick Snyder wrote a story about Bobby Beathard after his passing last week. And included in there was a story that Dan Snyder tried to bring Beathard back when he bought the team and was incredibly impatient with a Hall of Fame four-time Super Bowl winning general manager. And that Beathard was like, to hell with this dude. And if anybody was proven correct over the course of time, goodness gracious, was that ever Bobby Beathard. Um, Also, uh, Ambassador Howard Gutman sent me a cool story about Beathard um, during a a Mark Mosley lawsuit that that I found pretty interesting and entertaining, and maybe we'll tell that a little later. Um, I don't know if anybody followed this crazy Chinese quote-unquote weather balloon story over the last week, four or five days. But I found it really fascinating. And my cousins live in North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And they watched the balloon go over their, like, house. And then the fighter jets come and shoot it down. And the story's pretty wild. So I'm actually going to have my cousin call in in about a half hour. So if you're into that, you're going to enjoy it. Um... I, you know, we always talk to John Leahy. John Leahy is our real estate agent of choice here on the B. Mitchell Finley program. Apparently, Dan Snyder's selling his house for $49 million. Now, this is the house in Maryland, in Potomac, that I've has kind of been on and off the market multiple times because he bought the house in Alexandria that's out of this world. And according to the Post, he's declaring his residency now in England. Um not really sure how that goes like I know my cousins moving from Scotland to the U.S. they didn't really get to declare anything they had to like wait and go through a million governmental procedural hoops I'm guessing when you're a billionaire there's there's fewer hoops hoops um we're gonna talk about Dan ownership update but we got to start over the weekend with the Pro Bowl uh there was a lot of confusion about the Pro Bowl because they had a bunch of the games was that Thursday night, Landini? They did a bunch of Pro Bowl stuff Thursday night. And then the actual Pro Bowl was yesterday. Um, I had a pretty active weekend. I was trying to hang with my kids a bunch before I go to Arizona for the week tonight. Um, I've learned one thing, Landfill. When you are the dad and you roll into so the shout out to the National Portrait Gallery over by Capital One Arena. Um They have this, like, really cool little kids activity area that's open on the weekends, and they do arts and crafts in there. And um, a a young woman, Svalana, 
hopefully I'm saying that right, was super helpful um, with my daughters. Everyone assumes you're just a divorced dad and that that's the only time you get to spend with the kids is on the weekend. That like everybody gives you this look of like, oh, look at this divorced dad. And so I would make a point of like, you know, when a, a, a young woman first gets engaged and she just like goes out of her way to show off the engagement ring at all times. I would like make a point of showing my wedding ring to these young women as they just tried to circle me landfill. They, they viewed me as their prey. And I said, hey, back off. All right. I would and I would just be like, oh, my wife and I like to watch Netflix, whatever the hell. Um, but I was pretty busy yesterday. And then I got home and I'm like, all right, the Pro Bowl's on. I'm going to watch this. Let's see what happens. And the first action I got to view was the wackiest catch contest. I don't know what they called it, but it. Over and over, what I saw was, like, Steph Diggs parting a sea of cheerleaders, jumping on a trampoline, and not making the catches. I don't know if anybody, that's the portion of it I saw. I think we need, this, Denton made this point earlier. I think the wackiest catch bit would be better with the linemen. Give me Trent Williams and Deron Payne jumping off trampolines trying to make catches. Because with the receivers, it, it it had a very distinct NBA dunk contest feel to it when they're trying this stuff and they don't get to do it and they just let them keep trying. The NFL is a results business. It is a rough, ruthless business. And all of a sudden, everybody was just eating avocado toast to get participation trophies. Like, it just wasn't that cool. Um, so I, I would do away with the wacky catch contest or, I like, Put Brandon Sheriff out there and let's see him jump off a trampoline with a mask on and, and make a catch. Like, that'd be entertaining. You might need a really big trampoline. Those are some big men. I, I don't know if they have, like, reinforced trampolines or what, but I think that would be better. But so the main event, though, is flag football. By and large, I kind of liked it. I, I thought it was I thought it was kind of fun. Honestly, um, I it's so different from regular football, but I liked in the portion I watched, you had Peyton and Eli calling the plays. It was pretty much Kirk Cousins versus Derek Carr um, in the portion I watched, which was enjoyable and interesting. Um, the receivers are really good. I can't believe I'm going to do this, but I'm going to pull up the stats because it did seem like my guy – Terry McLaurin was not getting looks. I, I don't know if you guys saw that, but let's see. Let's see if they have stats for this damn thing. I mean, God bless NFL.com, and I have been a person that has had to, like, when you're a straight content creator and it's just written content, like you're literally just shoving coal into a furnace. Like, you have to come up with new stuff every day. The headline on NFL.com slash Pro Bowl, Landfill, you ready for this? Five things we learned from Pro Bowl Sunday. What? What is one? Here's one thing we learned. That they did this because nobody wants to get hurt, and Miles Garrett got hurt. He hurt his toe. 
Okay, the first thing we learned, according to NFL.com, that Cousins and the NFC snapped a skid with a win in the first Pro Bowl games. Landfill, I got, let's see what I got in my wallet. I got five bucks, Landini. If you could tell me <laughs> how long of a win streak the AFC had running in the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl, which doesn't exist anymore, um, so I don't really understand how they're claiming that the <laughs> NFC snapped a skid when this is the first time it's ever happened. <laughs> um, but I'm just going to say that the AFC won six straight Pro Bowls. Sorry, keeping the five bucks. Oh. So in this article on NFL.com, there are two different claims for how long it had been. Um, in the in the first sentence, it says, not since 2012 had the National Football Conference won an all-star showdown with its American rivals. So that would be, what, 10, 11 years? But later in the article, it says the AFC had won five consecutive Pro Bowls. Yeah, but didn't they start doing it where they, they mixed it up and it wasn't necessarily AFC versus NFC for a while there? Like, didn't wasn't Deion Sanders, like, the captain of a team at some point? Am I completely making this up? You, you could certainly be right. Yeah, I think you're right, because they, like, I, I don't know. Um, what else did we learn, according to this article? Derek Carr plays likely his final home game at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas? Sure. If, if you're going to call that his final home game when he's playing flag football, go for it. Um, Buda Baker had a really impressive pick on the sideline. Um, how about this one, Landfill? So th- just real quick, the 2012 season, the NFC won, and then they went for several years to unconferenced Pro Bowls. It was like um, Jerry Rice had a team and Deion Sanders had a team. Michael Irvin and Chris Carter had teams. It was that type of thing. Then they went back to the AFC, NFC, and then a, one of the Pro Bowls was canceled because of COVID. So it's only been five consecutive that the uh, AFC had won. Terrific. <laughs> We're now dumber for knowing that. Everyone. Um, confident Geno Smith cooks in flag football opener. Apparently, Geno is very confident he's going to stay in Seattle. I, I did hear an interview... I guess with the Ravens tight end Mark Andrews, who who said that he thinks Lamar's sticking around in Baltimore, so that's good. I also, as as we start talking about this and making fun of the show, um, and making fun of the Pro Bowl, I got this text from somebody that was out there with some of the Commanders players, and he says, they say, watch all the events. The linemen did catch punts, and as a whole, the guys had way more fun this year. Dodgeball was great. I did get to see some dodgeball highlights. That was pretty fun. And Saquon Barkley was right. Like, you're not allowed to throw it at the head. And the dude that won got Saquon out by hitting him in the head. So, I I applaud the NFL for recognizing that the Pro Bowl was broken and that they needed to change it. But I, I'm just, I'm not sure there's a fix there. Like... I just, football is not a sport meant to play patty cake. Like every other sport, you can get away with playing patty cake for a day and call it an exhibition and everybody's cool. Football, you got to go. Every day is kickoff, man, and you just got to go. 
The, the moment, though, that stood out most to me was the end of the game. And Kirk and Gino were pretty good. I, I think late in that game, Kirk engineers, I guess it was a comeback win, right? And after the game, you have RG3, Robert Griffin III, who was all over the broadcast and it is clearly in the in the minds of ESPN and ABC, like a huge part of their NFL coverage going forward. Um, I I did enjoy the best and worst catch thing when you had Snoop and Pete Davidson and I think Ladanian Tomlinson were like the judges and they were kind of doing it like the dunk contest. And Snoop and Ladanian Tomlinson gave Steph Diggs a seventy, and Pete Davidson gave him a sixty nine. And the whole crowd just bust out laughing. And I want to say, who's uh, the big fella, the former D-lineman that is on, like, the Stephen A. circuit? I think he played for the Cowboys. Spears, maybe? Marcus Spears, maybe? Marcus Spears. He just kept screaming. I thought this was funny. I think it was him. If I'm attributing to the wrong person, forgive me. But he just kept screaming, this is a family network, man. This is a family show. You can't be doing that, Pete Davidson. I thought that was funny. Um, but by far, the wildest part to me was the end of the program. And it's RG3 not playing, interviewing Kirk, who just got done winning the Pro Bowl. And I think this is at least Kirk's second Pro Bowl appearance. Because I remember there was a Pro Bowl when he was here. And he threw a pick late in the game, and then he chased the dude all the way down. You remember that one? That was back when it was still like a real game, or at least a quasi-real game. Um, I got a picture of it, and I got some really funny answers. I I just post, I just on my Twitter and my Instagram, I posted a picture of Robert interviewing Kirk, and I said, "Caption this: um, Anthony Armstrong that used to play for the Skins." replied, that's Kirk explaining his NFL script. If anybody paid attention to all the dumb stuff last week that the claim that the stuff was scripted. Um, my boy Joe Preston, I thought this was pretty funny, said, which of us was the most selfish, attention-craving Redskins quarterback? How would you answer that one? I, I don't know. Jeff, if you have an answer, feel free. I, I, I wanted to read this because I thought this was nice and fair. This is from Ozone. OJ said, they both seem like they're in the perfect environment. Kirk is definitely a top 10 quarterback in the league, and RG3 is one of the best commenters in the NFL, and they both seem happy. I'm happy for them. I'm not sure I agree with the assessment of top 10 and one of the best, but they both seem happy, and they're both in a good spot, and I am happy for them. Um, one, of the com- uh, one comment I got a number of times was, you think we could go in and buy the commanders together, which they don't have the money, but, and then on, on Twitter, I got one comment that I thought was really, really funny, even if it was perhaps a jab at me, which if you're funny and you throw a jab, I'll laugh. I'm, I'm good with it. Um, let me try to find it. So this is from Wang the Conqueror. Jay Everton 34 via Twitter, he said, and this is in quotes, like you're captioning the photo, it said, the only ones who haven't moved on from us is the D.C. media. 
You think Kirk and or Robert give a rip that we still look at that and we're like, oh, man, what a weird world. Here's the the worst part about it is who knows what Robert might have been, right? Like the injuries messed him up and then egos, which I'll include everybody, Snyder, the Shanahans, and certainly Robert got in the way. Um, I, I don't know that the way Robert ran, and this is not about running quarterbacks, but it's specifically about the way Robert ran, where he couldn't slide. He didn't, he often didn't like going out of bounds. Maybe he would have learned that over time. But every time he was hit, it was like a car accident. Like there were just body parts flailing about. I don't know that he would have been able to maintain that even without the Seahawks game and trying to play through a torn ACL and just the collapse of everything. Um, I think he would have had to evolve. Certainly Kirk has proven, and I think he proved it here, um, he may lack, you know, whatever it is required to win in clutch situations, but this football team, just this past year's team that went 8-8-1, eight, eight, and one, if they had Kirk, would have been much better. If they had Kirk this year, we got him at 10-6-1, boys. Does that seem fair? I think so. If they had Kirk this year, they're a wild card team. Well, they don't. They ran him out of town. Got Alex, broke his leg. I, dude, I think if you had pre-broken leg Alex this year, you're 10-6-1. But ifs and buts, right? It doesn't really matter. It's just crazy to think it's only 10 years ago. I guess it's now 11. That that was the quarterback situation here. And now one dude is interviewing the other dude at the Pro Bowl. It's just. The world is a crazy place. Speaking of how crazy the world is. The Chinese sent an apparent quote unquote weather balloon across the entire continental United States, and then it got shot down in South Carolina, uh, over on the beach in South Carolina, and my cousin watched it all happen. He's going to join us next. Joel, he has pictures of it on his Instagram. Before we go, apparently Dan Snyder is selling his home in Potomac for $49 million. If you need a realtor to help you put an offer in on Dan Snyder's house, or perhaps you're looking at something more modest, John Leahy's the only person to call. Trust me, you got to go with John Leahy. You want a reason why? Here's an example. Mo is now a three-time client of John's, and he needed to sell his Clarksburg Square condo. He was purchasing a new home and needed to sell the condo in a timely manner in order to close on his new home. With John's VIP seller system, they were able to get multiple offers the very first weekend, including a cash offer. As sometimes happens, the first buyer backed out, but there were no concerns because John had already secured backup offers. With no momentum lost, Mo closed on his condo over asking price and was able to make a significant down payment on the new home, setting himself and his family up for long-term financial success. That's what John can do for you, long-term financial success. And if your house needs a little bit of help before you sell it and you don't have the cash, don't give up because John can make you can front you up to $50,000 for repairs and upgrades, making your home more irresistible to buyers, getting you more money, and then you settle up on the back end with John at closing. Those are just a few of the reasons I would call John. 
plus flexible fees customized to your needs. Call John today, 301-900-3052. Go online to johnsellsdmv.com, or what's even easier, just Google John Leahy Group and start packing. Landfill going all tribe to start the show. You won't find me yelling. Although we do need to hear some wet leg today. All right? Make it happen. Um, we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to talk pretty much all football like we pretty much always do. We're going to talk some whiz, talk some hoops. Um, but right now, I was fascinated by the story over the weekend. And really, I think it started kind of last Thursday-ish, something like that, where this Chinese quote-unquote weather balloon made its way from like Alaska over the entire continental United States before it got offshore in South Carolina and was shot down by fighter jets. Um, my cousins live in North Myrtle Beach, and my cousin Joel posted a picture on his Instagram of the balloon, and he said he heard the Jets, everything, and I just want to hear the damn story. So without further ado, making his B. Mitch and Finley debut is my cousin <laughs> Joel. What's up, man? How are you? I'm good, sir. How are you? I'm great, man. How are the girls? They're doing well. They're getting old, older. Uh, you'll... you'll... You're going to be living, following my footsteps here pretty soon. Don't blink. I know, man. I know. Has Bree graduated yet? She uh, may. Oh fingers gosh. crossed. That's, may. That's She's, crazy. So Joel's, absolutely. Joel's two daughters, one at South Carolina, one at Clemson. Uh, good football <laughs> schools down there. Um, yeah, we got we got a house divided down here. I bet. I bet. So <laughs> l- let's get down to business here. Um, okay. What? Tell me kind of what was happening. Were you aware of the spy or the weather balloon? Like, what was the vibe down there? Well, um, I, I knew of the balloon and then didn't, I don't know, got busy, wasn't really thinking about it, was kind of piddling around the house, was in and outside. Was it Saturday I, or Sunday? This this was Saturday. Okay. I, did, I saw some neighbors out at the front walking their dogs, which is typical, and they were looking up in the sky. And then my phone started going off from... Uh, friends that were 30 miles away in different directions, and they're saying, you may get interested in that. We're watching the jets fly around this balloon. And I was like, no, nah, no way. What so time, we're outside. What time of day was this it? It was uh, probably early afternoon, 1 o'clock-ish. Okay. And um, went outside, and you could see this little white dot, perfectly round circle, white dot up in the sky. And you could see the jets going around and around and around. So we watched it for a little bit. And it was it was moving relatively quick across the sky. Um, my phone's going nuts from people thinking I might be interested in it. We watched it for a little bit. Was it like and, anything uh, you'd ever seen? Like like no, I'm sure you've seen it, a hot air balloon and stuff. Like what was it? It it looked it looked like a miniature version of when you see a full moon in the in the daylight. I mean, it was really tiny from where we were, um, just up in the sky. But you you could see those those fighter jets circling circling it. And it was um, just kind of amazing to see, just watching them go around and around, uh, keeping an eye on this thing. So, and you are in North Myrtle Beach, Cherry Grove. Is that fair to say? I mean, you're yeah, right on the water. Yeah, we're we're. Um, I can be in North. I can be at the beach in a ten minute drive. Okay. Um, from my house, in five minutes of that is is getting out of the subdivision. So. The waterway that runs um, right up the coast is even closer. So, yes, we're, we're right on the coast. Okay. And so, I mean, when those jets start flying around, it's loud as hell, right? You know, you couldn't, I couldn't hear the jets. Um, other people have been able to hear them. I, you could see them clear as day. 
you know, doing circles. It may be real tight circles for them up there. They're, they're going around and around and obviously keeping an eye on this thing. And now we've accumulated a bunch of uh, neighbors out there walking their dogs, staring up at the sky. And, um, and then all of a sudden, uh, we're, we're watching it and we're thinking about going inside cause it's kind of traveling away. And then you see what everybody else saw. You saw it go from a complete circle to like a string looking, I mean, just like a mess, just what you saw on TV. And then you heard the boom about seven seconds later. Wow. And so it was that, there. so you saw it happen well before the boom. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And it, it may have been five, seven seconds. So you saw it happen and everybody in the street says they just shot it. They just shot it. And uh, then you hear the boom. And I, there are uh, friends around here that live a little bit closer that say it, it uh, rattled their house. Wow. Um, rattled the windows. Everybody could hear it. It was, um, it was obviously the, the talk of Saturday around here. I bet. And so like did. I don't even know, and forgive me for not knowing, was it far enough out that it's going to fall down into, like, kind of the deep ocean? Or did that stuff start falling down and, like, washing up on shore? There's people, you know, playing spike ball, and next thing you know, there's half a spy balloon next to them. I, I think, now, this is just gathering information from social media, so you can take this for what it's worth, or the news, um, that they waited for it to get um, miles, 10, 12 miles offshore, because they wanted it, they didn't want it to land on um, individuals here. So, uh, and it's hard to tell because it's so far up in the in the sky of where it was for me from my vantage point. Right. So um, you could just see it up there, and then the news kept saying they shot it over Surfside, which is about uh, forty minutes away from me by vehicle, thirty miles or so. Um, Surfside's, Surfside's down right south of. Merle's Inlet? Their side is, uh, it's right in that area. Okay. It's right in that area. So, um, yeah, it's further down, down south. So um, they waited for it to get above, over the ocean, and that was their plan, apparently, and uh, knocked it down. That's crazy, man. And so, like, did uh, did a whole bunch of black SUVs show up and, and dudes with the MIB, <laughs> the Men in Black memory eraser, start popping <laughs> I, out in I, your neighborhood? <laughs> not in the neighborhood, but I assume people started storming the beach to try to see it um, come down or see if they could find things. Uh, the local news had reports out here. If you find any debris, don't touch it. It's a uh, investigation. You need to call the authorities. Um, absolutely crazy that it went on above our heads. That is crazy, man. And, and I suppose if, if we're to believe everything we're being told, it makes sense that you wanted to wait for that thing to get out into the ocean before you take um, it down, right? Uh, well, there's uh, that would make sense for the people's sake, but a uh, part of me says, you know, now this this thing's traveled across the United States and gathered whatever data it wanted to gather, and the damage is done. Right, um, right. You know, I, but, uh, you know, I, I sit at a desk doing a different kind of job, so I guess that's not for me to right speculate on but um i talk about football it, it would make no it, would, it would make sense um i don't know what salt water will do to this technology that they're going to try to recover um and oh, they're going to they're going to try to collect it apparently so and see if they can gather anything from it and i don't know if this thing's going to 
whatever they find will sink quickly. I, I don't know. <laughs> Above my pay grade. Sharks going to um, eat it. Yeah. It could be. But uh, I guarantee you people uh, stormed the beach to try to see what was going on and see if they can um, uh, see any parts or pieces that maybe maybe wash ashore eventually. I don't know. You imagine being eight beers deep on the beach at Myrtle Beach, and you're like, I'm going <laughs> to catch me this spy balloon. <laughs> I know that that would be me. I, but I, I, that 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 would be uh, that that's that would go well here at the beach and fit right in, and maybe not, <laughs> nobody would be phased. Um, <laughs> I I can't. I kept thinking, um, and I don't want to kill your time here. Ha, I would pay money to be wherever the pilots that got off out of those aircraft to watch the grin on their face. I mean, I can't imagine what was going through their heads. It's like when Maverick hugs Iceman at the end of the first Top that's, Gun. That's that's the thought that went through my head that, that had to be going on. And um, after they got through their debriefing, let them tell their story uh, in their words. That would be awesome. But Hopefully like I, 60 minutes or somebody gets that interview because I would like to see that. Um, I think it'd be cool. I mean, they took, I think, I hope I'm right in saying this. They came from Langley. So their, um, so their, their nerves must have been a little bit on, on alert. Knowing they're coming up to uh, probably eventually shoot this thing down, Langley and then just is circle is it. Norfolk, right? Langley, I believe. Yeah, Virginia. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so um, to to know that that blood's kind of pumping, um, and they're circling this thing for for a while. I mean, the people that called me to tell me that was going on one one happened to be at Tanger Outlet. Well, it was shopping and said the whole parking lot was staring up at the sky. Um. Another friend of mine, he, he's 30 miles inland. He's the one that originally called me and said, you got to you gotta go step outside and see this. I'm watching the jets fly around in circles. That's crazy, man. Um, Joel, I really appreciate you making time for us, dude. I know you're busy. Say hi to Ron and, and Aunt Joni and Robin for me, please. I'll do it, brother. Hope the family's doing well, and I appreciate the opportunity. Even Matt. Say hi to Matt for me. Thank you, bro. I'll do it, sir. Thank right. you. You take care. Thank you. That is right, fir- first time ever, my cousin Joel. Calling in from North Myrtle Beach with a boots on the ground. Who else in this market is going to have boots on the ground spy balloon coverage, Landfill? Who else? Don't go anywhere. It's B. Mitchell Finley. Make sure you're following along on social media. Follow me at J.P. Finley NBCS. Follow the show at B. Mitch and Finley. Um, if you miss any of our interview with my cousin Joel that lives in South Carolina and watched the balloon get blown up over the weekend, get on the Odyssey app. Hit rewind. High noon, Ben Stanek's going to join us, break down all things Commanders, what maybe he learned in Mobile, what the latest is on the offense coordinator situation. Going to talk some quarterbacks. I want to talk real estate transactions. Maybe we get Leahy on the phone. Because I, Dan Snyder's house is up for sale. We're going to go through all the news and notes on it. Something tells me people that buy $50 million houses, they don't have to apply for a mortgage like you and I. Like I think, I think it goes a different route. But I did kind of want to wrap up the Pro Bowl stuff. I I think the commanders were well represented out there and spoke with some folks. I think they really enjoyed themselves. Um, If you look at all the pictures and the posts, you had John Allen, Deron Payne, Jeremy Reeves, Tressway, Terry McLaurin. And if you are Tress and... Reeves especially, you got to enjoy the hell out of that because it is really, really hard to make the Pro Bowl. Think about 
every team, every NFL team has 10-ish people that are really special teams players, and one guy gets to go. It's, it's, it's really difficult to get there. And Reeves' story is incredible coming from an undrafted guy that had been cut 100 times. I think Ron deserves a little bit of credit when it comes to Reeves, too, because if you remember a few years ago, um, Lee, but what was the name of the Panthers? He was with the Panthers. He was with the Niners. I'm, I'm blanking on the, the safety's name that um, was involved in, with Colin Kaepernick in the uh, I think social justice. Eric Reed? It was definitely Eric something. Eric Reed sounds right. Um, if you remember back in 2020 when Ron was first here, and that team got good late in the year. Yeah, it's Eric Reed. Um, there was a and Reed had played for Ron in Carolina for two seasons, and they had an injury late in the season. And a lot of people were like, "Hey, you going to sign Eric Reed?" And they offered him a practice squad role, and Reed turned it down. He said, "You know, I'm not a practice squad guy." The reason Rivera said he's like, "Listen, man, I got to give this kid." Jeremy Reeves a chance. He's done everything I've asked him to. He's got to come off the practice squad first, and then you'll be the next guy up. Sure enough, more injuries. Reed would have been brought up, but he didn't take the, the practice squad offer. Reed hasn't played since, and Reeves just made the Pro Bowl. Maybe Ron saw something there. Deserves credit for it. Um, Landfill, how much of the Pro Bowl did you watch? I'm sure you were locked in. Uh, I watched zero minutes. Did you watch any sports this weekend? Like, what caught your eye this weekend? Uh, I did watch a little bit of uh, soccer, and I paid attention to the Wizards' scores at least, although I didn't watch the Wizards' games. Okay. Jeff, did you watch any Pro Bowl? I watched yesterday afternoon. Evening, I guess. No Pro Bowl this week. I was in New York, man. What did you have this weekend? One of your concerts? No, my boy's getting married, so we was doing our final fittings because he has African traditional gear that we're wearing, so I went up there yesterday. Are you going to be wearing African traditional gear? <laughs> yes, sir. I might wear that. Man, we look so good in them things. I might wear that garment, like, the whole week when I get back. I look forward to that. I got you. Um, you also just tried on a, a Taylor Heineke shirt that Breaking Tea sent me. I I, just, I don't know. what. I, I'm sure I was supposed to give that to someone. That was a triple X. Looked a little big on you. Yeah, it, it did. Are you going to keep that? No, just because it's it's too big. You going to give it to Big Nell? Yeah, I was going to see if he wanted it because that's the only person close to a three X. I was Russell, maybe. Yeah, Russell, probably about three or four. She's putting people's business on the streets, Jeff. Um. I was hoping you'd wear it for a little while and then give it to Linnell. All right, I'll do that. Let it get your musk on it. All right, cool. You smoking L this morning? What What are you no, smelling no. like in there? <laughs> JP. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. Look, this man is going to have the world think I'm some type of crazed pothead. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's kind of what we're going for. Um, <laughs> all right, so I want to do an ownership conversation. Here's as, as much... Excitement as there is about all the ownership stuff. We we need to think about this. 
what did we all hear? Well, I've reported that I think this thing happens by March, right? So what all did we hear after the Super Bowl? After the Super Bowl is when there's really going to be some momentum. Guys, hello, McFly. It's Super Bowl week. It is entirely possible that we hear something relatively soon. I think Roger Goodell is it don't they do a state of the NFL? Like press conference with Goodell, Super Bowl week. Doesn't that happen on Friday of Super Bowl? So we know Goodell talks after every owners meeting. The big one is going to be late March in Phoenix. Um, but Goodell doesn't have a lot of open press situations. I asked him a question in Dallas, and he just totally decembed me, and is very smart and hard to get a real answer out of. Um, but I believe there's the state of the league. All right, so it's Wednesday of the Super Bowl. Lanville, let's be ready for that. Wednesday of the Super Bowl, Goodell's going to speak. You got to figure he's going to get asked about the commander situation. You got to figure it. Do we feel like this thing is happening? This thing is close. Does Dan putting this Potomac house on the market for $50 million freaking dollars impact it? Is the ownership change that so many people in this city have wanted about to happen? Are we properly prepared? Are we going to get caught with a weather balloon flying across our country for a, for a couple days? Every day is kickoff. We're going to break it all down. Be Mitch Finley.